Today at Kalos Church, we're celebrating Easter! And remember kids, Easter isn't just about bunnies. It's about the Lamb of God. Welcome to Kalos Church. My name is Pradeep Jiva, And I'm Amrita. Kalos means beautiful in Greek. And our prayer is that you would experience the beauty of Jesus Christ today. Right now, we have people meeting at the Hilton Garden Inn celebrating Easter and online all over the place. And so if you'd like to get connected to our global community, we'd love to get connected with you. So please join us for our next welcome dinner where we will share a meal, mm -hmm. share stories, and get to know one another. Yes, and before we hear a great message, we have some good news for you today. Woo. And that is that this is the very last church service in our kitchen. Whoa. You guys for over a year have joined us in our kitchen as we have been filming mm -hmm. and having church all together. And we're in such a sweet place. God has been so good yeah. where we are a church that's going to be meeting in person, but we're also staying online. So for those of you that are online, we want you to know that we put a lot of prayer, mm -hmm. a lot of resources behind yeah. our efforts to make sure you can be part of the church church. And so we've actually upgraded all of our equipment and we are going to be live streaming yeah. our services for you, which means you're going to get to be in the room with us. We are one church, mm -hmm. even if you're watching from home or if you're with us in person. So we're celebrating all yeah. that God has done wow. this last what year. What a journey. So we want to pray, actually, because we know that God is up to something. He's doing something really special in our church, and we're going through a lot of transition. Yeah. So there's one thing I know to be true about transition. Pray. Spend time Amen. asking God, inviting Him Amen. to be a part of all the transition. So let's pray together. Father, thank you so much for your faithfulness, Lord. Thank you that every single week you allowed us to have church together as we were online, as we're transitioning back into in-person and online. Lord, you are good. I thank you that your church, God, is alive yes. and it is well, Lord Jesus. And I pray that Kalos Church, as we make these transitions, you would be with us. Yes. You would be near us. You would lead us, Lord Jesus. And Father, I thank you for our online viewers. I thank you for our in-person uh, viewers and people that come as well. And Lord, we just ask that you would fill everyone with your spirit, yes. Lord Jesus. And on this Easter, I pray, God, that your presence would rest on each of us. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Well, without further ado, we are going to hear a great message. Woo! Well, we are so excited to tag team preach today. Yeah! And we are celebrating Easter, and we like to do something special where we say, he is risen. He is risen indeed. That's the response. So let's try this all together. He is risen. He is risen indeed. He is risen. He is risen indeed. Amen. Amen. All right, well, as we get into our message today, let's start off with a little Easter joke. All right, you ready? Where does the Easter bunny get his eggs, huh? Where? From an eggplant. <laughs> That's a good one. Well, <laughs> let's get into the message. Today, we want to read an excerpt from the original Easter story. You know, 2,000 years ago, many people began to follow Jesus Christ, and then he was arrested and brutally executed, killed on a Roman tool of torture, the cross. And when this happened, his followers were so discouraged. 
They must have been thinking, we thought Jesus was the one who was going to make everything that was wrong in this world right. Mm. And then the discouraged disciples encounter uh, a stranger on a road as they're walking to a place called Emmaus on the seven-mile journey. Mm. And so let's read about this encounter with a stranger in Luke 24. The scriptures say, What are you talking about to each other as you walk along? They stood still with sad faces. One of them named Cleopas asked, Are you the only visitor in Jerusalem who doesn't know the things that have been happening there these last few days? What things, he asked. The things that happened to Jesus of Nazareth, they answered. This man was a prophet and was considered by God and by all people to be powerful in everything he said and did. Our chief priests and rulers handed him over to be sentenced to death, and he was crucified, and we had hoped that he would be the one who's going to set Israel free. Wow, this mm. phrase, we had hoped, really stands out to me. It's mm -hmm. so powerful. Mm -hmm. You know, the scriptures tell us that hope deferred makes the heart sick. Mm -hmm. And these disciples had sick hearts. Yeah. Have you ever hoped for something and it didn't turn out the way you expected? Well, that actually is something that we're currently going through yes. because we were really excited because we're ready to buy a new couch. Mm. Our kids have completely destroyed yes. our couch. And so yes. my mom was so generous and she was like, hey, I'd love to buy you guys a new couch for Christmas. So we got so excited. We were like, what color, mm -hmm. how comfortable, yes. all this. I mean, we just really... <laughs> really put a lot of time into this. We were so excited. And sure enough, we order the couch and it doesn't come. It doesn't come. It doesn't come. It doesn't come. Our expectation is that it's going to come. We ordered yeah. it. We paid for it, all this stuff. And still not coming. And then we get a notice saying that our new couch is going to be four months delayed. And so this is delaying our dreams. We thought we were going to live a nice lifestyle. We're going to be the envy of the town. People are just going to you know, have their pinkies up whenever they walk in our house. It was going to be amazing. <laughs> we could use a new rug and maybe paint some things. It was exciting. And so we get this notice. And so we're like, okay, we can wait that long. It's going to be fine. But then we see this headline this week that a boat the size of the Empire State Building yep. got stuck in a canal in Egypt. And now so we won't get our couch for nine months. That's crazy. <laughs> That's crazy. And so our expectation, our dreams is not... Lining up with our reality that no, we want. No. <laughs> oh my goodness. Have you ever had that where expectation and reality, it just doesn't line up? You know, the other day I, I was looking at this picture of a pizza. It looks tasty. You open up the box and boom, that is not the expectation. Oh, that is not what we wanted. We are not getting a good deal. Or, or maybe you want to get a little Eastery so you get some baked goods. I'm going to make like you know, little homemade peeps, you know, these little <laughs> little chicken little guys. And then it becomes this mutant monster and you're scaring oh, your own children creepy. with it. Have you ever had that? <laughs> or like when you go and buy hummus or mm -hmm. something that looks really beautiful on the package <laughs> and you pull the hummus out and it looks like your cat did something yeah, on uh, top of yeah, your that's hummus. Not, that's so disgusting. Uh, and when you get this sucker and you're so excited because it has a panda on it. Whoa, you open the sucker, the panda's not on the sucker, it's on the wrapper. So oh, are these adorable children that are ready for their holiday Gosh. picture and card. And, you know, it's just so joyous, but is it really <laughs> joyous? Yeah. And so our expectations don't always match no, our no. reality. I know you guys understand what we're yeah. talking about. Yes. And you know what? <laughs> 
I just relate so much to Cleopas when he said, we had mm. hoped. Look at what happened here. We don't expect it now, but once we did, we had high hopes for the future, but now those hopes are gone and all we have left is disappointment. Mm. I think that we can all relate to this feeling. What we hoped for didn't happen. Mm. How do you respond when it feels like your hopes have been crushed, your yeah. dreams have been crushed, mm. when, you've left with, when you're left with disappointment and a lot of unanswered questions? Yeah. Some of us, we give up. We just don't want to try anymore. Some of us overcompensate. We're in denial. You know, those people that are, you know, they're going through something tragic, yeah. but they're just like, do, do, do. They won't show you one ounce of vulnerability, right. what they're going through. Some of us just like to take others down <laughs> with us. If I can't be happy, you can't be Amen. happy either. <laughs> no coaches for anybody. Yeah, that's right. Sometimes <laughs> we think that becoming a follower of Jesus means that we're excused from suffering, disappointment, doubt, defeat, disillusionment. We didn't think that we'd have to wrestle with some of life's harshest mm. realities. And then what do we do when this happens as believers? We question our faith. We wonder, where are you, God? Cleopas and his friends thought life was going to be linear. Mm. They thought that Jesus would live and continue to be the man they knew him to be, not one who would suffer and be crucified on mm. a cross. But I don't know about you, but I'm realizing, I think you're realizing that life just isn't linear. Yeah. It's much messier than that. Even the time, even in the times of Jesus, even as believers, yeah. what feels like the end for you today? Mm. What are you carrying? What feels like it's been taken or stolen from you? Mm. And how are you dealing with the realities that even in a life as a follower of Jesus, it can be really difficult. Today, we want to share some good news with you on Easter. Jesus' suffering and pain was not in vain. This hope deferred actually became the greatest hope the world has ever known. And so let's continue with the story to see exactly how Jesus restores hopes. Yeah. So Cleopas and his friends are sad about the death of Jesus. But then Jesus shows up in an unexpected way. Mm. Let's read it. It says, He said to them, How foolish you are and how slow to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Did not the Messiah have to suffer these things and then enter his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. As they approached the village to which they were going, Jesus continued on as if he were going farther. But they urged him strongly, stay with us, for it is nearly evening. The day is almost over. So he went in to stay with them. When he was at the table with them, he took bread, gave thanks, broke it, and began to give it to them. Then their eyes were opened and they recognized him and he disappeared from their sight. They asked each other, were not our hearts burning within us while he talked with us on the road and opened the scriptures to us? Mm. In this passage, the disciples were with Jesus, yeah. even though they didn't realize it. Mm. And I, I think this happens to us all the time. Jesus is around. God is in our presence, yes. but we don't realize yeah. it. They didn't realize that the very person that was comforting them was the very person that they were mourning over their wow. death. And uh, they had a change in their heart as this stranger ministered the scriptures and revealed to them all that had to happen to the Messiah. And their heart began to be filled with joy and hope and encouragement. And they said, did not our hearts even burn with anticipation yeah. as we talked about this? And then as they broke bread with Jesus, they recognized him. Mm. Our savior is alive. Yes. Our friend, our discipler, mm. our hope is alive. Jesus is alive. Hope is not dead. 
And these disciples needed Jesus to explain the situation to them. And I, I believe that the same applies to us. You know, billions of people around the world right now are celebrating Easter today. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Why? Because Jesus died on the cross and he conquered death. And we see that the grave is empty mm -hmm. and that Jesus is risen. The cross on Friday was a dark day, but Jesus came back on Sunday. Yeah. And so many people throughout human history have tried to dismiss Christianity. But you have to admit something really special happened yeah. 2,000 years ago. In 1 Corinthians 15, it says, But if there is no resurrection of the dead, not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, then our preaching is in vain. Your faith also is in vain. Mm -hmm. You know, the resurrection is so important to our faith. Yeah. If there is no resurrection, there is no Christianity. Yeah, right. And if we don't have a reason to have hope, that is a very dark life. And I want to show you a clip from this man who was actually a, a writer for the Chicago Tribune. He was an atheist and he tried to disprove Christianity mm. and he started with trying to disprove the resurrection, but he couldn't do it. Mm. And I want you to see some of the evidence he presents for the resurrection. Let's watch. I like to look at the evidence for the resurrection in four categories. The first one is, did Jesus die on the cross? Was he dead? Virtually every scholar on planet Earth concedes that Jesus was dead after crucifixion. We have no record of anyone anywhere ever surviving a full Roman crucifixion. Uh, even the Journal of the American Medical Association uh, published a peer-reviewed scientific medical study of the evidence for the death of Jesus and said clearly the weight of the evidence indicates that Jesus was dead even before the wound to his side was inflicted. Even the atheist New Testament scholar, Gerd Ludemann, says historically it's indisputable that Jesus was dead. So Jesus was dead. The second category of evidence is the early accounts we have for the resurrection. In other words, I used to think as an atheist that the resurrection was a legend, and that took a long time to develop in the ancient world. But what I learned is that we have preserved for us a creed of the earliest Christian church a creed that is a eyewitness-based report of the resurrection of Jesus. Now, this creed has been dated back by scholars to within months of the death of Jesus. Within months. That is historical gold. So we've got a newsflash from ancient history on the resurrection. Third category of evidence is the empty tomb. And the best evidence for that is even the opponents of Jesus implicitly admitted the tomb was empty. Because when the disciples began proclaiming that Jesus had risen, what the opponents said was, oh, well, um, the disciples stole the body. Now they're conceding the tomb's empty. They're just trying to explain how it got empty. So everybody's conceding the tomb was empty. How did it get empty is really the issue. And that goes to the fourth category of evidence, which is eyewitnesses. You know, for most of what we know about ancient history, it comes from one or maybe two sources of information. And yet, for the conviction of the disciples that they encountered the resurrected Jesus, we have no fewer than nine ancient sources, inside and outside the New Testament, confirming and corroborating the conviction of the disciples that they encountered the risen Christ. That is an avalanche of historical data. So you put all that together and you have a really good case for Easter. I love that. Wow. So powerful Amazing. in just like two minutes, yeah. so concise. Yeah. And so not only all of this, after the resurrection, the church grows a lot with Jewish people, Jewish people who are against following Jesus. Mm. Something really happened. And I, I don't know if you know this, but religious people often don't change their mind and their habits very easily. Mm. Like, for example, I'm a pastor 
And every time I go to Dairy Queen or the grocery store and I try to get ice cream and I don't get cookie dough ice cream, mm. I hate everything about life. I am not happy. Every I regret. Time. I hate it. I'm like, every oh, time. I'm going to I'm gonna change my ways. I'm going to change my habits. I'm going to have an open mind. Let's, let's try some chocolate mint, maybe some mint chocolate chip, you know? And I'm like, oh, what am I doing? <laughs> Give me cookie dough. This tastes like toothpaste. Mm, wow. So angry. So... Religious people often don't change their mind very, very quickly or easy. But, you know, all these people start following Jesus after he rises from the grave. In 33 AD, we talked about this last week, there were about 120 followers of Jesus Christ. In 180, biblical historians estimate the world had 25,000 Christians. Wow. And in 310 AD, there is an estimate of 20 million followers. And so these Primarily Jewish people changed who they worshipped. They changed their day of worship from Saturday to Sunday. And then they were willing to die for it. Mm -hmm. And we have to ask why as reasonable people. And I, I think one of the best answers is because Jesus is alive. Amen. Come on, let's say it again. He is risen. He is risen indeed. Amen. And so the fact is the whole world measures time around the life of Jesus. Mm. This life that happened 2,021 years ago. Yeah. And if you can disprove the resurrection, yes, our faith is in vain. Mm -hmm. But if it's real, it means that there is hope for all of us. Because yeah. Jesus died and he overcame death and showed us that hope is alive. But it's not just a historical event from the past. That's right we can experience the resurrection for ourselves. Amen. You might not know this, but we're not just celebrating Easter. We are going to experience Easter. Mm -hmm. Paul says in Philippians 3.10, he says, I want to know Christ and experience the mighty power that raised him from the dead. I want him in his suffering. I want to share his death so that one way or another, I will experience the resurrection from the dead. Mm. I love how determined Paul is in this scripture to experience the resurrection power of Jesus Christ. He says, one one way or another, I will experience the resurrection mm -hmm. power. And I don't know about you, but we're the kind of people who we want to experience something for ourselves. Yeah. We don't want to just take someone's word for <laughs> it. And this actually happened to Pastor Pradeepan <laughs> many years ago. Actually, before we were married, we went on a missions trip to the nation of Jordan. Mm -hmm. And we had an opportunity to go to the Dead Sea. And if you don't know, the Dead Sea is a body of water and it's the saltiest water, like saltier than the ocean ocean and everything just floats because there's so much salt mm -hmm. in the water, right? Yep. And we are getting ready to go there. And our host said to all the girls, girls, do not shave your legs before you go to the Dead Sea. Because if you shave your legs and you cut yourself or whatever, that salt is going to get in there and it is going to burn and it is going to hurt. So just don't shave before you go. Well, Pradeepan heard about this and he was like, whatever. I don't believe it. Like there's no way it's going to hurt that bad. He had to experience it for himself. So you know what he did? He bought some razors and he took the guys. We all go to the Dead Sea and the guys literally start shaving their face in the Dead Sea. And sure enough, all of a sudden they're shaving. They're like, ah! they just start panicking because salt is getting into their pores. And it was just terribly painful. Like, honey, can you tell us what it was like? Like salt on a wound. 
There you have it, friends. <laughs> but he had to experience it for himself. Yes. He wasn't just going to take someone else else's word for no it, way. you know? There was another guy in the scriptures. His name is Thomas, and he's kind of known as Doubting Thomas mm. in the scriptures. And you know what? When Jesus resurrected, he was told about this, and Thomas said, I will not believe this until I see it. In John 20, 25, he says, I won't believe it unless I see the nail wounds in his hands, put my fingers into them and place my hand into the wound in his side. Talk about somebody who doesn't want to take everyone else's word yeah. for it, but needs an experience. You know, Paul recognized that the resurrection of Jesus Christ is not just a one-off personal mm. victory for Jesus. The resurrection of Jesus is something that we can experience for ourselves in the present and for mm. our future. I love this quote. All life lived apart from the resurrection is really a slow death. So many people simply live to die and some are dying to live. But the resurrection means you live to live. We don't visit tombs to meet with God. We visit the Alpha and the Omega, the resurrection and the life. This question, if we listen and receive it, reorients us from death to life. It calls us to seek the living Savior and the mm. life he gives. You know, I think that a lot of us, you know, when the pastors are here saying, you can experience the resurrection of Jesus Christ, the scripture says that that same power lives within us. That is true. But I think sometimes when we hear this, it just sort of feels out of touch mm -hmm. from what our reality yeah. is. You know, you may be sitting this Easter feeling like your heart is heavy, your heart is broken. You know, I think some of us are going through some of the darkest times mm. we've ever experienced in our life. We're not feeling or experiencing a lot of resurrection power. Yeah. Maybe you're like Paul and you say, I do want to know. I do want to experience it. But I'm just not. Yeah. You know, I can really relate to this. We can relate to this. You know, even as pastors, we stand here before you desperately needing the resurrection power of Jesus Christ in some situations in our life. Yeah. We have a little boy who has disabilities. He's five years old, but he's cognitively at uh, about the age of two. Mm. And, and living with this daily reality is sobering for us. Sometimes I feel like I can't go another day watching him suffer, watching him try to express himself, and he can't. We long for the resurrection power of Jesus Christ. And I just began to pray this week and say, God, why does it feel like sometimes that resurrection power that you offer and that lives within me, why does sometimes it feel so far away? You know, I felt like God spoke to me and he revealed to me that some of us have narratives playing over and over in our head that is causing harm to our faith mm -hmm. and our belief that we can experience the resurrection of Jesus Christ today. And I don't know about you, but sometimes that narrative for me is these thoughts like, this is so unfair. Nothing is ever going to change. What's the point of praying over and over and over again if nothing's going to happen? Is this how it's always going to be? You see, I think that one of the reasons the disciples didn't recognize Jesus on the road to Emmaus, even though he was right beside them, he was walking with them, talking with them, was because they had already accepted a narrative in which Jesus had died and was never coming mm. back. These guys watched mm. Jesus suffer and die on the cross. The story that was a loop that was playing over and over and over again in their minds, it was influenced by grief and sorrow and disillusionment, understandably. But it was going so long, it was such a powerful narrative that even when Jesus was right beside them, they couldn't see it. Hmm. And I think some of us have a similar narrative 
keeping us from being able to recognize that God is with us mm. and that we can experience his power. What is the story? Mm. What is the narrative that is playing over and over again in your mind? Mm. I think for some of you, it's that your marriage is never going to get better, that you'll be stuck in dark depression for the rest of your life, that the disease or the diagnosis that you have received is now defining you, mm. that you're never going to get this job. It's always going to be so hard to move forward spiritually. My kids are never going to know Jesus. This is the story. It plays like a loop over and over mm. in your head. God is confronting the false narratives of our heart. And as soon as the disciples sat down with Jesus mm. and they broke bread, bread with him, they recognized him and immediately their inner mm. dialogue changed. Wow. The resurrection disrupted the narrative that Jesus's death was the end of mm. the story. Yeah. Our narrative needs to change. Yeah. We need to be like Paul one way or another. I will experience the resurrection yes. power of Amen. Jesus in my life. The scripture says the spirit of God that raised Jesus from the dead is living in me. Mm. Jesus conquered death in the past and he's still going to help me conquer death yeah. in the present. This has got to be our new narrative. Yes. So I want to challenge you. Don't just settle for hearing about the resurrection that happened centuries ago. Yeah. Believe in the power and that it's available for you today. Keep fighting for that experience. Hmm. Easter isn't just a holiday. Yeah. It can be your story. Amen. Amen. Powerful. And when we look at this story even more, we see this very powerful truth that what looks like the end is often the beginning. Yeah. And so we challenge you today. Don't put a period where God is putting a comma. Yeah. Your story is not over. We need this Easter. We need to not give in and let death defeat us. Yeah. You know, I go back to my story every time I yeah. come upon this principle because my family wanted to end their lives. They wanted to jump off a bridge together. My family immigrated from a civil war in Sri Lanka, moved from that tropical island paradise to Minnesota in the winter. They didn't have a Hindu temple to worship at. They didn't have family or friends or community. They didn't speak English very well. They didn't have their job and educational background experience. And so they decided that our story is over. We need to jump off this bridge. My mom, my dad, my sister. And then a, a pastor invited them in and shared the gospel, said, you can live with us. We're going to show you the love of Jesus. And, and their story takes this dramatic, dramatic turn. Yeah. And what looked like the end actually became a story of life change and love yeah. and the gospel. Right. And they, they decided, you know what? Yeah. We're going to give life another chance. They heard the love and the gospel story and they believed it could apply to them. Yeah. And so they decided instead of ending our lives, we want to start a new life. And that's when my family got pregnant with me. Mm -hmm. That's my origin story. Mm -hmm. and, and what looks like the end often is the beginning yeah. for, for many of us. Yeah. So don't, don't put a, a period where God is putting a comma. Yes, yes. And this Easter, we recognize no matter what's happening in your life, no matter how far you feel from God, maybe you feel like inadequate or wicked or like God would never have anything for someone like you. But here's the gospel. Here's the most powerful part of Easter. It's this. Jesus didn't come to make bad people good. He came to make dead yeah. people alive. Amen, amen. And we can have hope that even when death is surrounding us, Jesus overcomes it. Yeah. And every week we see this kind of life change here at Kalos Church through the power of the gospel that people are experiencing that death does not 
win so we don't have to give in. Yeah. And we want to show you a story of one of her very own, a girl named Kira, who moved here from Michigan. And she has a very, very powerful story about how God changed her life. Let's watch this video right now. Hi, my name's Kira, and I've been going to Kalos for about one year now. I grew up in a single-parent Christian home, gave my life to the Lord at a very young age. Um, I experienced some major church hurt that really deterred me from church and God just in general. Everything about it was just bad to me at this point. I really felt negatively and had a lot of hurt at such a young age that I didn't know how to navigate life after that. I started going down a really bad path at the age of 16. I started self-harming, depression, my anxiety was bad, eating disorders, and after that it just slowly took a turn. I started doing drugs and the drug addiction was so real at that point. I had been raped and I did not know where to turn. I did not know where to feel loved, who to feel accepted by at this point. And I had experienced so much bullying at a Christian college that I, I had just felt lost. And like there was no hope in the Christian community anymore. I swore I'd never step foot in a church ever again. If you fast forward a few years, ahead of that now. Here I am in Washington. I flew from Michigan to Washington with a suitcase full of dog toys and the clothes on my back. If you know me, you know my dog is my life. Um, I was so bitter and so angry at this point that I didn't know what to do with my life and quite honestly I couldn't go anywhere but up from here because I had already hit rock bottom. So I started to attend Kalos. I said, why not? And I went with my mom. I really started to open up and become less bitter. And I can't thank Kalos enough because the people of Kalos really helped me navigate my first year in Washington. And I really saw the beauty of Christ and actually saw what Kalos means and making known the beauty of Jesus, which is really what it's all about and just sharing the gospel of the Lord. I still kept worshiping and pressing in. And if you fast forward to January 12th, I gave my life back to the Lord. I um, just remember sitting in that service and feeling the immense spiritual warfare. And as our pastors were asking who wanted to recommit or just give their life back to the Lord, I was debating on raising my hand. I was so scared and so nervous. I felt so awkward because I swore I would never sit in this in the seat again. I would never be in any church. And here I am now raising my hand to give my life back to the Lord. And as I raised my hand, I just remember thinking back to this worship sermon that I heard on YouTube and, it, and this gentleman said, sit down Satan, you're gonna watch me worship. So that's what I said. I literally felt like a weight had been lifted off my shoulder. All the hurt, all the pain, the loneliness, the anxiety and depression, rape, drug abuse, everything that I have gone through, it had just been lifted off my shoulders and I am now feeling free. My shackles were gone and my chains were broken and now I'm here to just live out my life in God. After seven long, long years of being away from God, being an atheist for part of that, 
all the addiction I have encountered, all the hurt and all the pain, it was gone. And now here I am learning and seeking out my passion that I have now found through Christ and being able to grow in that and move on in work with that as well in my line of work and just see how God can use me now to help spread the love of Jesus Christ. Thank you so much for letting me share my testimony with you guys and happy Easter. Wow, what a powerful, oh, moving story, amazing. Kira. Thank you so much for being so vulnerable mm -hmm. with that. We yeah. really appreciate it. And so I love this, that we can invite Jesus into our hopelessness and dead areas, and we can experience the resurrection power of Jesus ourselves. And if you're in this place and you have not experienced that, we want to give you an opportunity to give your life to Jesus, to let him breathe hope and life and power and passion and a second chance into you. And so if you're wanting to give your life to the Lord, well, he, he wants to receive you and love you and embrace yeah. you as family. Amen. And so if you're wanting to surrender your life right now, why don't you pray, pray this prayer with us mm -hmm. all at the same time yeah. as we pray. Lord Jesus, I need you. Thank you for dying on the cross for me. I open the door of my life and receive you as my Savior and Lord. Thank you for forgiving my sins. Take control of my life. I turn from my old ways and invite you to come into my heart and life. I want to trust and follow you as my Lord and Savior. In the name of Jesus, amen. Amen. Well, if you made a decision today to follow Jesus on this Easter Sunday, we want to walk with you. We would love to be a community mm -hmm. of believers that surround you yeah. in this life with God. And so if that's you, please text the number on the screen so that we can follow up with you. Thank you so much, Caleb's Church, for going on this journey with us. Amen. Amen. Well, can we say it one more time? He is risen. He is risen indeed. Come on, somebody. Well, we're going to transition right now to worship the Lord with our finances. We are so thankful for a generous church. So many people have financially yeah. invested, you know, systematically with recurring giving and one-time gifts. Honestly, it makes a big difference for yeah. us to throw Easter services like this to invest in life change. And we know we have a lot of new people watching. It's Easter Sunday. And we want to let you know, we meet on more than just Easter and Christmas. We actually meet every week. We're a community that does life together. And so we want to show you a video that kind of highlights some of the things we do here at Kalos Church. Yeah. Let's watch. Here at Kalos Church, our heart is that you would find a spiritual family, a community of believers to walk in life with you. We want to tell you a few opportunities Kalos has to offer you. We have amazing small groups that meet every single week. From parent groups to studying the Bible to playing Super Smash Brothers together, we have a group for you. We don't want you to just be a number in a crowd. We want people to know your name, your stories. We want people to do life together. If that appeals to you, please join a small group. Another way we can connect is we have outreaches. We have a vision for our church, but we also have a vision for our city. And so we partner with local women's shelters and food programs like Sophia Way and the Jubilee Reach. We've thrown big outreaches with thousands of people like our Halloween drive-through and our Santa photos. We would love to have you use your gifts to serve our community. But we also have serving opportunities with our Kalos Church Dream Team right here in the church. Do you sing? 
Do you play an instrument? Are you great at throwing events? Are you great with administration? There are so many opportunities we have to join a team and use your gifts and talents to serve the Lord on our journey of making known the beauty of Jesus. We offer Sunday services with live music, live preaching, and classes for your kids every single week. Next week, we are beginning a series called Rebuild. It's all about how to rebuild your interior life, your family life and relationships after a year of quarantine. If you're married and you're finding that your marriage is under a lot of stress, you're parenting and you're struggling to get your family back on track, if you're single and needing some biblical understandings of values, this series is for you. So please don't make this just a one-time visit here at Kalos Church. We are a spiritual family. And like we often say, we don't just want to be a friendly church, but a church of friends. Well, that is awesome. We hope that you feel welcome into our spiritual family here at Kalos Church. We just have a couple of announcements for you before you go today. And that is this Tuesday, we are having our welcome dinner. It's actually going to be here in our home. Yeah. We can't wait to have you. This is for people who want to know more about Kalos Church. Maybe you've come once or you're coming a couple times and you're kind of wondering if this could be a community for you to get involved in. Please come to yeah. the welcome dinner. Yeah. You're not signing up for anything, but dinner and spending some time with us. So sign up right here at this link. Don't forget to come back next week as we begin our new series, Rebuild. We can't wait to see you. Let me bless you before you go. May you know and make known the beauty of Jesus. May the Lord bless you and keep you, make his face to shine upon you, be gracious to you and give you peace in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Let's worship together. His love endured that ancient cross How precious is my Savior's blood The beauty of heaven wrapped in my shame The image of love upon death's frame
mercy, Jesus, and from death to life I will sing your praise in the wonder of your grace. When I see that cross, I'll see freedom. When I see that grave, I'll see Jesus, and from death to life I will sing your praise in the Yeah.